Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 28 right here. Gotta get you that Florida State recap as we beat the 11 seed Seminoles Saturday afternoon in the Dean Dome with students there. I was able to witness it in person. It was quite a game. Also, I will recap the UNC Syracuse game that happened on Monday night. Sorry that I'm a little bit behind on that. You know, again, college life can get a little bit busy, a little bit complicated. But I'm here right now to get you my analysis on both games. We're going to start with Florida State. First half of this podcast, Florida State recap, then Syracuse. And I'll talk a little bit of Duke and UNC because that game has huge implications on the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament for both sides. So let's just hop straight into it. UNC beats Florida State 78-70. to Led by the one and only Walker Kessler. 20 points, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks, 9 of 10 from the field. He was outstanding. He was phenomenal. Best player on the court that night. Kerwin Walton had 13 points. Only shot 3 of 10 from the field. All 3 pointers. But those 3's were huge. Caleb Love and RJ Davis both had 12 points. But on very, very, incons- or very inefficient shooting nights. 3 of 13 for Love, 3 of 11 for R.J. Davis. But nonetheless, the Tar Heels got it done. And another point to bring up, Brooks, Baycott, Sharp, 13 points combined between them. Yet we still win. We find a way. We were down 16 in the first half. We end up winning by 8. Walker Kessler completely energized that team coming off of the bench. He was huge. I'll get into that, into the details a little later. But what a game. I mean, just being there in the Dean Dome, watching us come back, the energy there, I'm sure they fed off of it. It was was quite a sight. For my first college game, my first UNC game, could not have asked for anything more. Now for the, the Florida State side, Raekwon Gray, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 6 turnovers. But he was definitely their best player uh, that night. Scotty Barnes also had 12.7 rebounds. MJ Walker, who had 21 on us last game, he only had 9 points on 3 of 9 shooting, missing all of his 3-pointers, where I believe he hit 4 of 5 the last time we played them. And uh, Polite had 10 points off the bench as well for the Seminoles. Both teams shot really poorly from the field, actually. Florida State, 39%. UNC, 38%. They shot 29% from three-point range. We shot 22% from three-point range, five of 23. But here's the big stat. You guys ready for this? Free throws, 90%, 27 of 30 from the line. What a stat for the Tar Heels. For a team that has struggled to shoot free throws all year, this is one of the main reasons we won this game. And think about this. Leaky Black missed his first two free throws. So after him missing those, we were 27 of 28. That's why we were still in the game in the first half. That let us stay in it in the second half. That got us uh, to a more of a cushion towards the end of the second half to keep our lead. Because our guys were hitting free throws. It's amazing what can happen when you hit a high percentage of free throws. And we did it against Florida State and it paid off. But man, that first half was really ugly, guys. First half stats. I wrote them down, and I remember them in my head. 7 of 28 from the field. That's good for 25%. 
2 of 14 from three-point range. 15 turnovers. Florida State had 19 points off of our turnovers at halftime. Those are halftime stats. Yet we were down 12. We were only down 12. Why is that? Played some decent defense and free throws. Hit our free throws. We kept it manageable. Because after that first half, which was one of the worst halves of basketball I've ever seen from the Tar Heels this season, I said, if we can you know, keep this close, 10, 10, 12 points at the end of the first half, if we make a run coming out of, that, that, coming out of the half to start the second half, we can make this a game. And that's exactly what we did going on a 10 to nothing run. Walker Kessler got his buckets. And it was nonstop from there. They could not stop him. He was a force to be reckoned with, running the floor, getting dunks. He had a really nice drive from the top of the key. Walker Kessler showed his potential. We haven't seen much of him this season because he's been behind Brooks and Baycott and Sharp. But that was his coming out game. We saw what type of player he can be. He's dynamic on offense. He can roll to the rim. He hit a mid-range. He can drive. Obviously, he can dunk. He's 7-1. But he was fantastic, and he was the spark that we needed off of the bench early and late. He was fantastic. And even defensively, four blocks, eight rebounds. It, it was just awesome to see. You know, the, the unsung hero of our season, potentially, because this is a big win. Not only is this a quad one win, but it's against the number 11 11 ranked team in the country in Florida State. They've been mainly dominant all year. Only two ACC losses before us. This is our signature win. I was concerned that we wouldn't have had a signature win and been left out of the tournament. Now we have one. And after this game, I was thinking we punched our ticket right here. And that remains to be seen though, and I'll get into that later. But huge, huge win for the Tar Heels. And Kerwin Walton, I know he was only 3 of 10, but he's just so important for this team. I mean, his threes came at such a good time. First three to go up 5-0, really got the gym going. We didn't score for the next five minutes. And But then I remember he hit a three. I'm pretty sure it was him. Where uh, Polite hit a three to go up 5, 44-39. And I'm pretty sure that, that was his second three of the game. To make that within two, to not let Florida State gain some momentum. Because we had all the momentum. And we just kept let it going and going. Leaky Black found um, found Kessler on that really nice uh, long pass from, from midcourt. I think that put us up seven, I believe. And Caleb Love, I know he had a poor shooting night, but that block on Scotty Barnes, and it, obviously off of a turnover, I'm pretty sure he had, uh, he had six ton- turnovers. But the hustle that Caleb Love puts in, that was a huge play. That was one of the... That was the biggest plays of the game in my opinion because you turn the ball over Scotty Barnes has an easy dunk it looks but you block him and then that turns into our an Armando Baycott dunk at the other end that is a four point swing we're up five now instead of being up only one gives us more momentum that was a huge play and Caleb Love shows that hustle and that's what I love about him I know he didn't shoot well Neither did RJ. The, the guards' inconsistency and inefficiency, is, you know, it's, we need them to play well. I said this at the start of the season, said it in the middle of the season, but if our guards don't shoot the ball well, we're in trouble. 
But either way, it was such a fun game. Coming back from 16 down, that takes a lot of grit. You know, a lot of teams would have just folded against Florida State because this Florida State team is really, really good. I am very high on the Seminoles going into the tournament. They've got shooting. They've got depth. They've got talent. They've got size. I mean, Raekwon Gray is a big dude. Zion Jr. is what I like to call him. He is huge, but he can also handle the ball. He can shoot. He can do it all. Raekwon Gray is a good player. MJ Walker, I know he only had nine points. It's another really solid player. Scotty Barnes, five-star recruit off the bench. This, this is a good Florida State team. I, I think a lot of people don't know how good this team is because they're not, they're not Duke. They're not UVA. They're not a big-name program. But Leonard Hamilton has really created something good over the past few years at Florida State. Just got a five-year contract extension. But this is a good team, and this is a massive win for the Tar Heels. And again, I said I think we punched our ticket with this win. But unfortunately, that remains to be seen because on Monday, we head to the Carrier Dome at Syracuse. And we lose 72-70. to 70. What happened? I'll get to that in a couple moments. Stay tuned. All right, I'm back on 125 Unfiltered. Left you a little cliffhanger there, even though it's only a few seconds. But anyways, Syracuse beating the Tar Heels 72-70. to 70. And now things get tricky. Things get tough. If we win this game, you know, we win two out of our last three, like I said we needed. Syracuse isn't a bad loss. This, this is a pretty good Syracuse team. But th this one hurt. I only got to watch the second half. And they, they were dominating us. I knew we were, what were we, plus, I think we were plus 18 on the boards. 48 to 30. But yet it seemed like our bigs just couldn't hold on to the ball, couldn't get rebounds. So let me just get into the stats real quick. For UNC, Baycott led the way 18 and 15. Really solid, efficient game from Baycott. Garrison Brooks had 11, 5 of 9 shooting. Caleb Love had 10, only on 3 of 10 shooting. And then the big one, Kerwin Walton. Two points on one of ten shooting. 0, from, 0 for 7 from three-point range. That really, really, really hurt. Because he's so valuable to our team. And he's our best shooter by a mile. And him shooting like that, that just gave Syracuse more of an emphasis on stopping the paint and clogging the paint and daring us to shoot. This was another tough shooting night for the Tar Heels. 38% from the field. 4 of 20 from three-point range. 64% from the line, four of 20, 14 of 22, 20 turnovers. I saw that we have 60 turnovers in the last three games that have converted to 72 points for the other teams. That is an awful stat. These guards and bigs need to take care of the ball. It's everyone, whether it's Baycott or Sharp spinning into double teams, losing the ball, making horrible passes, forcing passes. There was, I, I won't forget this. It was the, I can't remember which game it was. It might have been Florida State, and it, it might have been Syracuse, but Dayron Sharp caught the ball at like the free throw line and without hesitation passed it down low to Walker Kessler. He didn't even think. It was so robotic and so predictable. That's not basketball. 
that's just being again it's being a robot those types of passes those types of turnovers we can't allow that Syracuse had 15 steals 15 I know it's a tough zone I know it's a tough defense to go against but we've got to limit the turnovers and if we don't we have to hit our shots four of 20 those four three-pointers two were Caleb Loves one was a Playtech goaltend and then one was an RJ Davis deep three that I mean it was a brick hit back rim but took such a lucky bounce that it went in and I know Kerwin had his bad game it's probably his, his worst game of the season by far but th this was a tough one to lose and another point Buddy Beheim. he had 26 by the way 9 of 20 6 from thir six from uh, for 13 from 3 point range why did we let him get loose again the same thing happened at the end of the first half in both games. Buddy Beheim got hot, made three three-pointers. They ended the half on a 14-2 run. It was all because of Buddy Beheim. What are we doing? Why are we letting him get off 13 open threes a game? He's a good shooter. This guy's good. He's a good player. But Leakey was getting dominated. We eventually put Caleb Love on him. That didn't seem to make too big of a difference. But we just didn't learn our lesson from the first time. Thankfully, we able to win. We were able to win the first time, but did not pay off here because Buddy Beheim was terrific. And another guy who impressed me, Quincy Gurrier, 18.6 rebounds, 8 of 13 shooting. And it looked like he was injured. They're showing him pregame, kind of hobbling, limping a little bit, but he was fantastic. He was bodying our guys down low. Syracuse's top scorer on the season, Alan Griffin, he was 1 for 10 for 4 points, 0 of 6 from 3. So I don't really know what to say about this, guys. Their top scorer goes 1 for 10. I mean, obviously our best shooter goes 1 for 10 as well. But the turnovers, the poor shooting, in this game it was the free throws a little bit missing 8, but... It's the the inconsistency of the team it's it's frustrating i'm sure you guys were frustrated watching this syracuse game and we need more from guys like dayron sharp only six points off the bench only got 14 minutes but rj davis nine points three of nine i, I mean the shooting is has got to be better the only guys who shot above 50 percent were baycott and brooks And now this puts us in a little bit of a predicament. Because if we don't beat Duke, and we lose two out of our last three games, I know we beat Florida State, we have to win an ACC tournament game. It's a must. And I'll get to that a little later. I mean, Syracuse, nine blocks. They, they I mean, they play good defense. We were away. But it just seems like every time we get a good win, we just slump for a loss. Destroy Louisville, lose to Marquette. Beat Florida State, and we lose to Syracuse. We were down 8, 10, 12 for most of that second half. We cut it to two points, but it was a little too late. It's too little too late for the Tar Heels. And now we have such an important game Saturday at the Dean Dome playing the Blue Devils. That's really all I have for the Syracuse game. I only saw the second half. 
So I was really only able to decipher what I saw from there. But sloppy passes, poor shooting, poor decision-making, rebounding, even though we won the rebound battle by a lot, it just seemed like they got so many offensive rebounds because Brooks or Baycott just couldn't grab the ball. It was sloppy. It was careless play. And that's why we lost the game. And obviously shooting. I mean, 5 of 23, 4 of 20 from three-point range. I mean, why are we shooting that many? Kerwin Wallen going 0 for 7, I'm completely okay with. Completely okay. But 23 is for a team that shoots... Do we shoot 30% from three-point range? I honestly don't know. We might not. But, you know, this, this team it can be figured out. If we struggle down low, if Syracuse doubles down low like they did and forced us to shoot, which they did, and we don't hit them, it's going to be hard to win games. And Syracuse is not a tall team. So that's really all I have for the Syracuse game. Definitely a disappointing outcome, especially after that Florida State game. We could have, you know, really run the table to, to, go, to go into the ACC tournament on a three-game win streak. Instead, we have a lot of pressure coming up against Duke. I'll talk about that briefly right now. So we play Duke. Home. Last, regular, last game of the regular season. If we win this game, not only do I think we secure a spot in the tournament, but I think we send Duke packing. They lose to Georgia Tech in overtime. I mean, they have one signature win. They beat UVA. Okay, cool. They beat a mediocre UVA team by one. But if we beat Duke twice, plus the Florida State win, plus the Louisville beatdown, I think that puts us in, guys. I think it does. But if we lose to Duke, we better win an ACC tournament game. We better win. Also, if we beat Duke, I'm pretty sure we'll get a home court game. Pretty sure we'll get a home game. Not sure how the how the seeding works for that. But this game has huge, huge implications. I won't do a full preview because it'll kind of be the same as last time. But my prediction, UNC is going to win this one. I'm going to give us... I'm going to give us a six-point win. It's probably it's going to be close again. It's Duke-UNC. It's always close. But I think Roy's going to really get us in shape. We're going to bounce back from that Syracuse loss because we looked horrible against Syracuse. That score is not indicative of how poorly we played. Also, there are tournament implications on the line. This is it. We're down to the wire. It's Duke, ACC tournament, and then the big dance. Pressure's on for the Tar Heels. I believe they will come through. My X factor for the game, it's not Kerwin Walton. And I, I've been hating on this guy a little bit, or a decent amount, because I say he's not great at anything. He's just decent at everything. He hasn't played super well this year. But in my eyes, Garrison Brooks is the X factor for this game. And let me tell you why. One, senior leader, like he did last time, he needs to set the tone. He did it perfectly against Duke. He has to do it again. Get him involved early. Get him some, some good looks, some, some uh, rim rollers, uh, or pick and rolls, getting him to the rim. Get him to the free throw line. Get Garrison involved early. He'll set the tone. Get these guys comfortable because this is a high-pressure game. And it's always good when Garrison gets involved. 
Because when he doesn't, he just feels a bit useless out there. He's not big enough to be a big, but he can't shoot like a he can't shoot three pointers like a stretch four can. His game just doesn't necessarily fit in the modern NBA or in the modern game of basketball. But nevertheless, he is my X factor. Because if he gets involved early and sets the tone and we jump out to an early lead like last time, I believe we will win yet again against Duke. I think he has a good a good matchup, whether he's been guarded by Hurt or maybe they, they throw Wendell Moore on him. Maybe they throw one of their big guys on him. But I want to see Garrison set the tone. And I keep saying that, but it's so important. We can't start out flat. We can't start out at a deficit. And that's going to be up to Garrison because this is his last home game or last, last Duke home game. We might have an ACC tournament game at home. This is a big one. And I'm expecting a good stat line from Garrison. I want at least 14 points from Garrison. want at least eight rebounds. We need him here. And if he plays well, I think everything else will fall in line for the Tar Heels. We'll get our second win against Duke this season. And we'll get some momentum heading into the ACC tournament. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening to another great episode of 125 Unfiltered. I know that was a lot of unpacking to do of the games this week. Sorry I couldn't get the Florida State one out immediately. Things got busy, as they always do in college. And just one last note, I will be covering the NCAA tournament. I will be telling my bracket, because I will be making a bracket, as everyone should. I will go through sleeper picks. My pick to win the championship, good upset picks. I really want to take advantage of the NCAA tournament and get a lot of stuff out for you guys because it's one of the best sporting events in the world. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Everyone loves March Madness. Everyone loves the upsets. And I'm very, very fortunate and thankful to have this podcast to, to voice out my opinions on certain games because I get a little bold. I like to pick some upsets. Like to go out there a little bit. I'd love to see how what you guys pick and uh, who knows, maybe I'll try to bring a guest on. But either way, thank you so much for listening again and have a nice day.